the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, you know, I listen to that music. I just want to listen to the music. Who wants to hear me talk? I mean, really. Uh, this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford for Shepherd Church. I'm a, just a local pastor here for 35 years here in the San Fernando Valley. I love our city, and I love our church, and I love all churches and all ministries that uh, are trying to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And you can listen every every night here at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can tune back in and I'm actually preaching uh, tonight at 7 o'clock, and uh, would love to have you. And uh, the last hour, I hope you were here. If not, please go back and listen to it. I had a couple of young men who are on fire for, for the Lord because I have this burden for our city. And, again, I've been here so long, I, I'm, 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 even though I'm in my 60s, I'm one of the old guys. I've been here forever, it seems. And I'm, I'm concerned about reaching the next generation because— if we don't reach the next generation, then the church of Jesus is going to die out under our watch. And so last hour we talked to a couple of young men who one grew up in Miami, one grew up here in L.A., yet they're, they're on fire for God, and they've got the mantle and they're, they're the baton, and they're ready to go, and, and uh, they're truly making a difference. And, and so I, this next hour we're going to stay along those lines a little bit, but we're going to make a little shift and that uh, we have an author, a couple of authors here, uh, Lucille Williams and her daughter Monica, who wrote a book called, here's the name of the book, it's called The Impossible Kid. And first of all, Lucille, I want to welcome you to our, our program, you and Monica. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Uh, well, Monica, we're, we're glad you could be here as well. And and I'll, I'll set the table here for us. Um, you know, they, uh, Lucille, I've, you worked on my staff uh, for, ten for, years. for 10 years, and your husband was our children's pastor, and, and they've since moved to, uh, to Arizona. I don't know why anybody would want to leave California, <laughs> but uh, it seems like everybody is moving to Arizona, Texas, and Tennessee, maybe Idaho. But um, uh, you literally drove all the way from, from, from Phoenix or from Arizona to be on the, on the program here today. So thank you for making that drive. But, My pleasure. But you are, you are an, an author. You've written several books. Um, one of my favorite marriage books is from – it's called From Me to We. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you wrote another one on, on intimacy. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. I, the not, intimacy you crave. I've, I've not read that book. I've I, I got to be honest with you. but uh, <laughs> My son won't read it either. Well, I've never read that book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know – to each his own, I suppose. But uh, it's a great one of my favorite books. I I love to give to people if they're thinking about getting married or recently uh, have been married or just want to touch up on some things there. But you've written this. Your latest book is called The Impossible Kid. Tell us about this book, The Impossible Kid, and you can you you can tell me why Monica's even sitting here today. Right. Well, when I was raising my kids, I read a lot of parenting books, and one question I always had: What would the kids say? 
you can write anything you want in a parenting book and oh I did this and it was great and you know but what would the kids say so I thought what would it be like to have Monica give her input at the end of each chapter which was actually her idea really and mm-hmm. and so we did that and it kept me so honest because I would write things and think oh I had such a mom good day that day I was so amazing and pat myself on the back and then she come in with her section and go oh my mom was such an idiot I was so embarrassed <laughs> and so it, it just was real and we got to hear from her throughout the book and I love that that's my favorite part of the book is the part that she contributed so it's a, it's to it's a tandem book so you, you it's it's a book on parenting and yes. uh, and raising raising godly kids right mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that uh, here here today and if you're listening and you know you're you're having you know of someone who is having a hard time raising a child right now and children are going through a tough time you need to call them and tell them to tune in to KKLA right now because we're going to be talking about how to raise an impossible kid. This is a very important topic. So, Monica, you, you kind of gave her the suggestion, Mom, you write this chapter, and then I'll, I'll tell you what I really think about the parenting or what you're saying or how'd this go? Yes. Um, I, I gave her this, this, this book first started when I was like 17 years old. So I'm just glad that it got published in my thirties and not when I was 17. Okay. (laughs) Um, but she, I was like, Hey, there's parenting books out there and you never hear from the kid. And then sometimes you'll hear later, Oh, their kids don't even talk to them or, you know, some, some other thing. But I was like, how interesting would it be to hear from a child and also find out that kids end up okay. Like you can raise a child different in different ways, but you know, they're going to, they're going to be okay at the end. So it's kind of like, I think it's fun to see the results, to hear talk about it and then actually hear me write a little bit at the end and and find out what happened from both perspectives. Okay. So can I ask you this question? The the book is called The Impossible Kid. And again, this is Dudley Rutherford at Shepherd Church filling on SoCal Live here on KKLA. And uh, I'm talking to Lucille Williams and her daughter, Monica, about this book they wrote called The Impossible Kid. Is Monica the impossible kid? Is 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 this, yes. is this what I'm yes. to understand? Yes. So you're telling me that Monica was a difficult child to raise. She was almost impo- really impossible. And, she and, really and was. I, I would have never guessed that. I know. And 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 Monica, would you agree that you were difficult to raise? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So tell us, tell the listeners a little bit why this child, because she looks like an angel right here before yes. me. <laughs> Yes. And uh, t- tell me why yes. this girl was so difficult to raise. I, I find this hard to believe. Yeah, and and that was the thing. I always felt like I was totally failing because anytime we were in public, she looked like a little angel, and I would get all these compliments. Oh, your daughter, she's so wonderful. And I'd be like, my daughter? What? And then we'd go home, and she'd get in her room, and we'd just tell her to do something really simple. And she'd go in her room and kick the wall and scream, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And my husband and I would go in there and just laugh at her and go, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And then we said, you know, we love you. You can hate us all you want. You know, but this is this is what we're saying today. And she was just you told her to go one way. She'd go the other. She was just everything. I always knew that if I gave her a directive to not do something, that was going to be what she was going to try to do. And if if I told her to do something, she was going to not do that. And that's just that's how it was. And we had to navigate that as we raised her. And so so from a little bit of a yelling, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, whatever she was yelling there. Did she ever get off into to to some really bad stuff because 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 that's one thing to be yelling you don't have to go into detail i I don't i don't like going into great detail but do you know what that is such an amazing that's an excellent question no she didn't she i mean she got close a few times like i remember i went to her elementary school and she was tying up her shirts and rolling up her shorts and i was she's sitting there with her little girlfriends and her stomach's all exposed and i looked at her friends and i said uh ladies does monica dress like this every day and they're like oh yes every day mrs williams and i was just dying and i wanted to take the shirt 
and lower it and lower the pants and I just like acted like nothing and then when I got in the car when I picked her up and I was in the car and she got my car after school she looked normal again and I was just like oh man how do I deal with this and so I'm like I'm not even touching this so I had my husband talk to her <laughs> I was like I don't even know what to do with this I was so mad at her and so you know Mike sat her down and talked to her and tried to get to the bottom of why she was doing it and it was the boys she wanted the boys to notice her and so yeah, she's elementary school. <laughs> How do you deal with that? You know? And then she'd come home and tell me she wanted to kiss the boys. I'm like, oh my goodness. How am I going to? And I'd say, well, yeah, that's why I married your dad. Like, I was always trying to figure out because if I told her, don't you dare kiss those boys, I knew she'd be kissing every boy at school. Right, so I never right, said that right. because I knew her personality. And Monica, did you know yeah. that you, did you know that you were kind of rebellious growing up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they if they told me to do something, I just didn't want to do it. Because Where did said this it. come from? It's just how I am. I can't help it. And I, now I, I have a child who's like that. Yeah, so it's wonderful. There you go. It's payback. <laughs> and I, I think most kids are like that, to be honest with you. Hey, listen, we're going to we're going to be talking about uh, some some specifics about how to raise the impossible kid. We just we don't we could enter. We could entertain everybody with just the three of us talking. But I want to get to some practical things that people can do to if, if you're really struggling with trying to raise a, a child that is basically in a state of rebellion. And if you have any question, this is your opportunity to call in. You can call in at 888-528-2557. Let me give you that number again. It's 888-528-2557. You can call and ask a specific question about your child. I guess I want to start our, our one of the questions I have, and, and this is kind of a basic thing that I've I've always said, we, all, we, we were all babies at one time. Every, everybody listen, you were a baby at one time. Uh, and every child that is born, I say that you know, in generally that the doctor, the doctor catches the baby, right? He catches the baby, and then he hands you the baby, which is the most precious thing on the face of God's earth, and maybe the most complicated thing on the face of the earth, with no instruction manual. There's never been a doctor who's ever given a child to its mother, to its parents, and said, now, here's, here's this precious child. And, uh, and by the way, here's the instruction manual on how to raise this kid. There's no manual that's given. You know, your car is so detailed, uh, your computers, your phone, everything comes with an instruction. There is no instruction manual given to a child. Then you look across our country, and you look across this city, the great city of Los Angeles, and there are so many parents that are di- the homes are dysfunctional. They, ha- they, 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 they are at a loss for how to raise their child. They, and, and I know you talk about this in your book. We, we have the right intentions often, but we, we really are doing the wrong things a lot of times. But when you think about a child not coming with an instruction manual, what, what, goes, what goes through your mind? Well, what went through my mind when I had my children, I had no idea what to do. There were many days I just went in my room, closed the door, and got on my knees and just said, Lord, I don't know what to do. You need to direct me here. And yes, children are not, they do not come with an instruction manual, but we do have the Bible. And when we dig into it, God's going to speak to us through it and, and guide us and help us. And if we parent our children the way God parents us, I think that that's a, a key thing to do. And like I just went throughout raising my kids, I thought of the golden rule in Matthew 7 and in uh, Luke 6. It says, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. 
And if, if every parent would just say, how would I want someone to treat me like that in, in this situation? And then you treat your child like that. Some parents don't stop and ask that question. How would I want to be treated? Would I want me as a parent? Would I want to be treated like this? Was that a nice thing to do to your kid in public? Mm. And if you just stop that, I mean, and that's right in the Bible. And there's so many things throughout our Bible that tell us how to raise our children. We just got to dig into it. Mm. You know, um, the, the, so there, there is no instruction manual except the only true book that truly addresses how to raise a child would be the author of life. Yes. A lot of people like you have written books, but that's why I love your book. It's written from a Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it is the only book. Is it it even possible? I thought about this question because I knew you all were coming in, and and I don't know if I told you I was going to ask you this question, but is it? can you be a good parent and not be a Christian? That's a really good question. That is such a great question. And I'd have to, I really thought about that. I've thought about that. And I'd say, yes, I think I've seen some really, really, really good parents. However, I believe as a parent, the best thing we can do for our children is to pass on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you're listening today and, and that, you know, you're a great parent, but you don't know Jesus, I just want you to know we love you. We love you. And we have a church. You can go to the Shepherd Church in Port Ranch. Come on over. We will save a seat for you. Pastor Dudley will be there. He will greet you. The doors you. are open. It's but... a no-touch service. <laughs> doors are open. No touching. No touch. No no disease. No COVID. No nothing. Every, all the doors, even the doors to the bathroom are open. How about there that? There you go. No touch. Come to the no touch service. And so I understand, like, you know, I don't want to offend anybody by saying I really think the best thing we can do for our children is introduce them to Jesus. But I want you to know if you don't know Jesus, we love you and we want you to come to church. Yeah. Uh, You you know, I asked the question, the question, and this is Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, senior pastor. I'm talking to Lucy Williams and her daughter, Monica, who wrote this book called The Impossible Kid. And you can get a hold of Lucille at lucess.com. That's L U. Lou says, S-A-Y-S dot com, Lou says dot com. You know, I, the question I asked, can you be a good parent without being a Christian? And you said. Yes. You said yes. Well, let me, let me give you my two cents on that. Can, can you be married? And, and can you have a good marriage without being a Christian? And you, what would you say to that? I think yes. Okay. I would say to you, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Not very likely. I would, agree. Would be, would be my answer. It's po- Yes, it's possible. You might be that one couple out there that actually mm-hmm. has a good marriage and you're not involved in, in church. And if you're listening right now, like Lucille said, I want you to know I love you. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But I believe that in marriage that there is a there's a – you can only get so close as a husband and wife. There, there is another dimension called the spiritual dimension that an unsaved couple can never reach the pinnacle of what it means to be married if you if you're not a believer it's just not possible that god created us with this spiritual mm-hmm. dynamic you, you you can go close to each other and you have a good marriage do a lot of good things be happy all that stuff <laughs> but there's another dimension you know mm-hmm. nothing about if you're not a believer and i think the same thing is about parenting can you be a good parent and 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 not uh, be a Christian, yeah, but there's a whole other dimension of parenting that you have no clue what you're missing out on if you don't if you're not a person of faith. Monica, I want to ask you, growing up, um, kind of where it hit you as your as your mom and dad. I, I know your mom and dad, and and before I read the me, the the wedding book, I thought they had a perfect marriage. Uh, <laughs> But uh, every marriage has its own ups and downs, um, and you said you're married. You got a couple kids, um, but but 
in your life in that in that rebellion stage in in being an impossible kid at, at what point did you start to become manageable or did you start to understand that your parents really knew what they were talking about <laughs> I don't think I I thought I knew what my parents were talking about until I started having my own children and then you realize you need to have a lot more forgiveness for your parents because <laughs> mm. it's like I don't even know what I'm doing and right. I I still go to my parents and ask for advice all the time I'm still going to my bible me and my husband are still having meetings trying to figure out what to do Yeah um so you know There's you, no instruction manual no except, instruction except manual. the bible and the impossible kid the book written by Lucille Williams. Keep going. Yeah, and one of the things that I think they did that was really great that that really helped me from going wayward was when my dad went into ministry, we all went into ministry. Mm. And so I had something to lose because I was invested in something. I was invested in the church, and I was invested in, in working in the children's ministry, and that mattered to me. Um, I found well, my place you, in my what calling there. What do you mean there. you had something to lose? Because I knew that if I decided – to go off and go be a little crazy or go dive into certain things mm. that being able to serve and be a leader in ministry was not going to be a possibility for me. And so I discovered when my dad went into ministry that I also loved being in ministry as well. Mm. And so for me, being a good leader, being an example for kids, being able to serve every week was really, really important. So, But, but you, didn't, you didn't straighten up until that happened? You know, it was always a back and forth. I mean, it, it, I so always wanted we, to just go. Should we be encouraging our children to have children? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't do it. Don't go there. Don't do it. No, but I I agree that once you know, uh, you know, I have a son and he doesn't have any kids, and and we we've always argued about stuff. I get the man one day when you have your own kids, you're going to have a whole different perspective it about all that. It changes everything. <clears throat> Now, didn't God know what he was doing when he put all that together like that? Oh, he certainly did. But do you feel like, and Lucille, you can speak to this too, that, and I don't know why it is, if you'd have only listened, had you only followed their advice, you would have saved yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of frustration, and a lot of, a lot of pain, I, I think. You know, you can look at it that way, uh -huh. but at the same time, I think we also have to accept that we're on a certain journey and we're on a certain path, and you're not going to learn certain things unless you go down this road. Sometimes you got to let them fail. Yeah. You got to fail and you got to help them get up. And that was one thing. They definitely, it was like, sometimes they were just like, she's going to do what she's going to do. Like she, she would give me advice about certain things or, you know, I remember breaking up with a boyfriend and she was like, don't go over there. Don't go over there. And I was like, no, I've made up my mind. You're not going to stop me right now. And it oh, was an awful experience and it made bad. it so much worse. This she is was so right, bad. But I had to do it. <laughs> but I was there when, to help her get back up when okay. she hit did, the ground. Did, did you ever, do you, uh, we're, we're going to talk about this. We're going to go to break here in just a minute, but did, I want to talk about discipline and how to how to discipline children because the bible talks about disciplining your children and training a child we'll get in this but you 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 believe as a parent you should be disciplining your children right absolutely and monica you have these two little rugrats you believe you you, you discipline them right oh yes and how old are they they are two and five they're two and five and you're already disciplining them is this is this correct oh it starts early uh, okay so i want to i want to talk about that in um there are different ways. There are different ways to discipline, right? Mm -hmm. There's right ways and there are wrong ways. Do, do, are you able to Are you able to articulate the difference between the right kind of discipline and the wrong wrong kind of discipline? Uh, well, I don't know about that, but I I know that you were referring that Monica was rebellious. It's interesting you use that word because I never looked at her as rebellious. She was just obstinate and she was difficult and she would fight us. But 
in the end, she once we let her mull over whatever it is she was fighting us on and we talked to her and we listened and we just stayed engaged, usually she would make up her own mind and most of the decisions she made were really good. So I never I felt like we were in sync. It was just difficult. And I felt like she was receptive to us. And and in this book, The Impossible Kid, it's a, it's a book on parenting, right? And uh, we're going to come out of the break. We're going to we're going to talk about discipline, and we're going to talk some specifics about how to raise an impossible kid. And I, I just have a hard time believing that she's she's in, impossible <laughs> to raise, but or impossible kid. What, what right before break? Just you have just a brief moment. What is what is the most important thing someone would learn if they picked up a copy of this book, The Impossible Kid? That loving your children through their messes is what's going to lead them to Jesus. All right. So this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor at Shepherd Church, and I'm your afternoon host here on KKLA. And uh, we've had a, a, an incredible afternoon. And we have in studio Lucille Williams and her daughter Monica, who wrote this book called The Impossible Kid. And it's a, it's a, it's a book that where the mom, she, she tells her side of the story, and then and then the daughter tells her side of the story, and it's an interesting read. I read through this book, and I really enjoyed again because I'm a I'm a father of three, and I've got three beautiful grandsons, and we're going to talk about grandparenting too. Is that okay? Absolutely. Uh, and if you're a grandparent, I've I've got some things to share with you. So stay with us right after this break. It's uh, KKLA SoCal Live. Pastor Dudley Rutherford will be right back after this break. Don't go anywhere. Uh, it is Dudley Rutherford, senior pastor, Shepherd Church. Monica, you like that music? I do. Yes, I'm dancing you know in that, my seat. You know what that music works from or anything about it? I don't actually. I, I teach a Christian spin class. <laughs> I've heard about this. Yeah. I have a friend in it. Yeah, every Wednesday night at seven o'clock at Voltage Indoor Cycling, the lady that runs that place—it's a secular studio. She lets me teach a Christian spin class, and I said, "I." I, I she asked me. I said, I, I, "I number one, I want to. I want to be able to play Christian music." And she said, okay. And I said, number two, I don't want to get paid. And she said, okay. And what else? And I said, number three, I, I want to just have a bike for my wife whenever she wants to go. So she agreed to all three. So every Wednesday night I teach this class. So when I come in the studio, I give the music to Wilbert over here, and he plays it between break. And I, it's just all good music. So anyway, uh, that's probably too much uh, information there. But uh, well, in studio here, I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church and uh, over here at Porter Ranch, California, just a great church. Been there about 35 years. And in studio, I have Lucille Williams, who is a writer who's written several books, a marriage book called From Me to We. And if you're listening, if you have any kind of marriage issues, you need to pick up that book, From Me to We, which is really the great struggle in marriage, uh, from being selfish to understanding we're in a, we're in a union here together. And then uh, she wrote this book. She wrote a book on intimacy, which I've not read. And what people don't know about that book is it's a comedy. That people that read that book tell me they laugh through the whole thing. I, I think a lot of you have a lot of comedy in your books, right? Mm-hmm. And, yes, and it's, yes, and she it's does. Great stuff. And then you wrote this last book called "The Impossible Kid," which we have in studio. Her daughter Monica. You can find uh, Lucille at uh, Luces L U S A Y S dot com. And uh, Wilbert, I have a lot of static or some type of air thing, sound of air, my my mic uh, and my earphones. But um, you've got another book coming out, a children's book for mm-hmm. two to four year olds. But uh, tell us again about the Impossible Kid. We got a lot of people who just tuned in. 
Uh, tell us about yes, this book. The, the Impossible Kid I wrote with my daughter. I wrote a chapter, and then she wrote whatever she wanted to write at the end of the chapter. And I told her, you write whatever you want. Be honest. And you be you write what you want to write. Don't worry about hurting my feelings. And she did. She wrote what she wanted to write, and her part was amazing. We were talking about uh, before the break about discipline and um you know, a lot of parents today, like I grew up where my dad, my mom spanked me all the time. I mean, I got spankings all the time. I, I, I got a sister. I tell this, it's kind of a joke. I got a sister who got a spanking once a year. I have another sister who, uh, who got a spanking once every three months. So she, four times a year she got a spanking. I got a spanking about once a month. My, I have one brother who got a spanking once a week. And I have another brother who got a spanking every single day of his life. And, uh, He'd come home from school. Dad would just spank him, and uh, and 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 my brother would go, "Dad, why are you spank, spanking me today?" And he says, "Son, because I know you did something wrong today." Oh boy! <laughs> and he would have been right. But uh, parents today, like like spanking is like outlawed. I feel, mm-hmm. um, and versus just taking a time out. And and when when you think of discipline a child, what what comes to your mind? What is the right way to discipline a impossible kid like monica sitting over here well i know for my husband and and me what we tried to do is when our kids did something we said okay what would the natural consequences be in life if this happened if this happened what would they what would happen in in real life and we tried to create as close to that as we could like one time my son was getting out of the car to go to elementary school our Mm -hmm. middle child and i hear him jiggling I'm like, what, what's going on? What's in your backpack? He had all this money in his backpack. He had stolen from his dad a bunch of change. And I was like, whoa. And then when I got to the bottom of it, he was taking this money and he was buying his friends like treats during off this red cart that they used to, you know, have like goodies for kids off the red cart. Okay. And so Mike and I got together and we said, what are we going to do about this? Like, how are we going to get through to him? So we sat him down and we said, okay, how long? We didn't get mad. We just had a little talk. We said, well, how long do you think you've been doing this? He said, I've been doing this about two weeks. And we said, well, why are you doing this? And it was because he wanted to fit in with the other kids. And so that kind of, you know, pulls at your heartstrings a little bit. We said, okay well explain why and he said well mom never buys these kind of things for us i was the like no sugar mom kind of thing which i don't know sometimes they got it and and he wanted to you know buy things for his friends and so we said okay this is what we're going to do son you said you've been doing this for two weeks we figured this is about how much money you stole over two weeks so you have chores we made a a list these are chores you're going to have to do and as you do these chores we're going to pay you and then you're going to put it in a jar and when you get the amount of money you stole from your dad you're going you're gonna to give it back to your dad. And so he didn't get spanked. He didn't get anything. He didn't get yelled at. But he had to pay back that money. And then I talked to him and I said, okay, what do you need for school? Like, you, you, I'll give you treats to bring to your friends every now and then. And if you want money for the red cart, I will give it to you. But just don't steal from your dad. And he said, okay. And that child's a pastor today. So... <laughs> They were the king and queen of creative punishments. We were. They so, really were. So, so what, what, what? Give me another idea of, of creative punishment, which is a form of. I know exactly oh, yeah, what yeah. you're thinking of right now. I yeah. know exactly. My, I was not keeping my room clean. Okay. And so and slamming, uh, and slamming the door, door when I was getting angry, okay. I'd slam it as hard as I possibly okay. could. Because the kids exactly. slamming that door. My dad would have spanked spanked me for about twenty minutes on that one. See, and what my dad did, he just took the hinges off. And then the gr- the door was in the garage for about two months. Come on! Oh, he did. Oh yeah. I don't think it was two months. Come oh, on. Was it, it, two was, months? it was at least a month. He no, Dad agrees door? with me. It was like it was cl- it was at least okay, a month. Okay, so least if a month. the child is slamming the door, you just take the door <laughs> off just, the hinges. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's easy too. Well, wouldn't you just move on to some other uh, irritating behavior? 
Uh, no, because I was having to change in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted my door back. Oh. We got the blender across. Well, this is how it went down. Okay, I got to give our perspective. Oh, please. Her, go right dad, her dad kept saying, Monica, stop slamming that door. I'm going to take it. Uh, yeah, sure you will. Slam. Monica, you better stop slamming that door. I'm going to take the door right off. And then one day when he got whatever he was going to do to take the door off, she is screaming her little head off as he's taking the door off. No, Daddy, don't. Don't do that. How could you do this to me? And she's screaming. And he takes the door and he puts it in the garage. And he said, hey, you know, it, it, as long as you're going to act like this, you're not getting your door back. So you better shape up or I'm keeping the door. I, I think mm-hmm. I think that's an important point for parents if you say something to follow through on, on what you say you're going to do. Yes. Exactly. And parents have a hard time. What about what about a parent who says, I'm going to count to three? Well, I wasn't a counter as a parent. I feel like I'm going to tell you once, and I might look at you and say, did you hear what mommy asked you to do? Or I might say, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Uh-huh. And I might give them a little second chance there because, right. you know, if they're playing or really into something, you know, make sure. But I didn't. I wasn't a counter. Some parents today, they like to count. I was. I'm like, I'm telling you, you need to listen to me first time I tell you. Uh, this is Dudley Rutherford over at Shepherd Church. I'm, I'm the guest host here on, on SoCal Live, KKLA 99.5 FM. And I have in studio uh, Lucille Williams, who wrote this incredible book called The Impossible Kid, who's also in studio. And we've been talking about discipline. Are there any other type of creative uh, story that you can remember that uh, is discipline? Because my dad would just, my mom would spank us. My mom, my dad would spank us. We'd have a babysitter. Dad would say, if you need to spank him, go ahead and spank him. I mean, we got got spankings (laughs) all the time, but that's kind of outlawed. Any other creative. I will say, I'll, I'll take this in a different direction. Another thing that they did was they they were really good at showing uh, grace when grace needs. My dad always had it. We we, st- we joke about it now. We make fun of my dad. He's like, I'm going to show you grace because God showed me showed me grace. He would say that to you. He would say that. But oh, one thing he my. did, I was going through a real tough time where I was butting heads. We were we were fighting. I was fighting with both of them, challenging them on stuff. I'm feeling I'm feeling miserable. I'm just like I, I still want to go to bat with them. And I remember uh, heading to my room and in my doorway was a present of like, you know, uh, um, little like bath salts and, you know, fun sprays, spritzer stuff that you like as like, yeah, lotion. Um, Dr. Pepper. No, no, no. no, no, I'm just saying. Go ahead. ahead. And, And in it was a car that was just, I understand you're going through a hard time right now. I still love you. And it was from mom and dad. And I just remember it brought my defenses down. It was like, all right, maybe it's time to stop fighting so hard a little bit. But and- is there a time, though, to, to, to physically spank a child? Or, or I'm, I'm just telling you because, I mean, I, I spanked my kids. Right. Oh, man. That is – you know, I have to be honest with you, Pastor Deli, because yeah. my, gener- my generation nowadays – like, I remember I did parenting classes in college. They really tell you, like, don't spank. And yeah, they give you all this, this. Mentor- this. That's very- what's wrong with this generation. <laughs> very different perspective that we grew up in especially for me and raising my children so for me it's like i feel awful i feel awful like that just thinking about doing that i mean so it's like for me i'm like if i can if i can alter their behavior or do something else instead of resorting to doing that then i will yeah okay (laughs) not convinced i I, I do want to say that uh how I teach, not, not not how I teach. If someone asked me, right. uh, should, should I discipline my kid or should I spank my child? This the specific question. I always say you you take the kid, and I, and I shouldn't use that word, but your book is called The Impossible Kid, uh, which you can find on Amazon.com, right? Anywhere you can find that. Uh, wherever you buy your books, Impossible Kid. I'm talking to the author Lucy Williams and daughter Monica, who is the Impossible Kid. 
I, I, we, I would always take my children, and and I, I first the rule number one is don't spank them when you're angry. I agree. And so mm-hmm. I would put them in a the room. I said, you go to your room, you're, you're going to get a spanking. This is how this goes down. You're going to get a spanking. Then I go in the room when I'm not upset so that they're no – because if you spank them when you're angry, you're just teaching them to lash out when things don't go the way they think they should go. And uh, then I would sit down on the bed with them, and I would tell them, this is why you're going to get a spanking, because I told you do not touch that electrical outlet, and you were over there touching it with the fork. (laughs) (laughs) And I told you not to do that. So uh, Wilbert's looking at me like he did this many times when he was a kid. <laughs> but uh, uh, and I would say, and then I w- and and so I, I want to explain to them. I'm not just lashing. I'm, I want them to know why they're getting the spank. And then before I spank them, I ask them this question. Now I want you to tell me why Dad's getting ready to spank you, and they would have to be able to explain that to me. Well, Dad, because you told me not to touch that electrical outlet, and I went over there and I touched it. If they can't explain that to me, then I re-explain it. No, you, you're not understanding. Let me tell you why you're getting a spanking, because I, I make very clear. I wouldn't spank them until they were able to articulate back to me the exact reason why they're getting a spanking. And then I would spank them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening. You, you're, 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 you're against spanking. but I, and, then, and then I would spank them. My next thing is, after you're done spanking them, you don't run out of the room. You don't spank them and leave. As soon as I spanked them, then I stayed there with them and, 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 and made sure they knew that this was all done out of love. And then before I left the room, I would ask them, I would tell them again, you know, I don't want to tell you my kids' names, but everybody knows their names. <laughs> uh, Kayla. <laughs> I would say, listen, the reason dad did that was because, you know, don't be mad at me. You know, I I told you not to touch that. You're going to die if you if you keep doing this. And and so I spanked you because I told you not to. And you did that. Now, before I leave, I want you to tell me one more time. So they'd have to tell me before and after exactly before I gave that spanking. Hey, this is Pastor Dully Rutherford. I hope I'm not raining on your parade if you don't think that should be happening. You can call us if you have a question or statement at 888-528-2557. I'm in studio with Lucille Williams, who wrote a book called The Impossible Kid. We've also got that impossible kid sitting right in here. If you have any questions, please call. We've got some more, more stuff to talk about. Lucille, we're just getting started here. We'll be right back right after this break. Oh, we know that the Lord will never let you down. I hope you all know that. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford filling in on SoCal Live. I'm I'm your host today and tomorrow. Tomorrow at 4 o'clock, we've got Nagme Abedini, who was married to the great Saeed. And we have, we have oh, we're going to have a great discussion tomorrow. But today, we're talking to Lucille Williams, who wrote a book called The Impossible Kid. And that impossible kid is sitting here in studio with the author, Lucille, and Monica wrote this book. And we've been talking about raising children, and uh, we got into discipline last 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 uh, segment, and a lot of people disagree on that. But there's no doubt about it. The Bible says that we're to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And and Lucille, you would say that you 
you tried to raise her in the ways and the instruction of the Lord, correct? I mean, you, you did that. And, and what does that mean to you to train up a child in the ways of the Lord? I think the Lord needs to be part of the home. It needs to be talked about. Like, you can't just drop your kids off at church and think, oh, the church is going to take care of it. No, that's the parents' responsibility. I mean, I'm all for great church programs for kids. I'm, yes. I'm all for that. And I think it's great. And I think the church is a great support to that. You've been involved in that. I sure have. And I've, I've spent a good part of my life doing that. But what's happening at home is way more important. And so, you know, when I put my kids to bed at night, when they were really little, I said, you guys want to go to bed or you want to do devotions? And they go, we want to do oceans because they couldn't even say devotions. They were so young. And so every night we'd climb in the bed and I'd open the Bible. Do you want to go to bed or do you want to do devotions? (laughs) That is a classic line right there. Every night. Every night. And then my youngest would pray, God, I want to be the boss. And my older two would go, Mom, why do you let him pray that? Stop letting him pray that. And I said, hey, if that's what he wants to pray, if that's what's on his heart, if that mm. God knows, he can mm. pray whatever he wants. And mm. so in that, we talked about God. We talked about you can say to God whatever you want to say, whatever's on your heart. And then if it, what the kids got to see God modeled in the home. When my husband and I made mistakes, and there were lots of mistakes, right. if our kids saw, we'd sit him down. Hey, Mom really messed up. I'm so sorry you saw that, and I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'm going to work on doing this better. And then I would talk about what was going on in my life with God. Like if, if when God was teaching me things, I didn't just leave it there. I'd sat down and told my kids, hey, you know what? God, to- God taught me this today. And one of the things Monica has said numerous times is one of the things that made her feel really just at peace was she'd get up in the morning and she'd see the light out in the living room. And she knew that I was out there with my Bible. Yep. And so going out, well, I'll let you finish that because you're the one that. No, tells I this. just, I, it, it was nice to see that God wasn't just something that you showed up for on Sunday mornings. Mm. It was something that actually happened in our home. I saw mom and dad go to church. I saw mom and dad read their Bible. I saw us pray together, sit down together, and have conversations even about though, God. Even, there, even though there were there may have been problems in that marriage, you oh, yeah. still saw the reality of their faith that was genuine. Yeah, we, we, saw, we saw the bad and we saw the good, and they were honest with us about both. Um, and God was something that, that was there. That was present. We were going to talk about it. We were going to figure it out as a family. And, and is there any doubt of any kind of doubt that having a, a godly marriage is key to raising children in this culture today? Is there any doubt about that? No, it's important. No. And, and and so someone's listening right now who does not have a, a godly home. They don't have a godly marriage, and they're, they're struggling with their kids. And it's 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 all it all. Oftentimes, it's almost too late. Because train up a child in the in the way it should go, he, should, he or she should go. When they're old, they will not depart. And we we blow it, you know. We we're we're our own lives are so dysfunctional. We don't have this genuine relationship with the Lord. No wonder there's so much dysfunctional stuff going on in the kids' lives because the the parents are all jacked up, right? That's true. Uh, but but if there's a woman listening who is truly trying to do the right thing and her husband is just a million miles away from God, or maybe there's a husband listening and whose wife is just out living a rebellious life and they see this being played out in the lives of their children, what do you, what do you say to a parent, to a mom, to, to, to one, one spouse, if the other spouse, what, what encouragement do you give them to not give right. up? 
Well, first, if there is someone out there listening that is in that situation, I would say, I am so sorry. That is so painful and it is so hard. And I know that what you're facing is really difficult. But the thing is, you know, our kids are watching our marriage. Parents will focus on their kids and not their marriage, but chances are your child is going to be married longer than they're going to be in your home. Chances mm-hmm. are. Most most ki- kids will get married and be in a marriage. So the best thing that you could send your kid off with is a marriage model of mom and dad loving each other. Mm-hmm. And it just starts with one person. I mean, someone can be kind of not kind to you, but if you're kind to them every day, if you said, okay, what can I do to love my spouse? What can I do to serve my spouse today? And just do that, no matter what you think they did to you, and just continually love them and be that example of loving your spouse to your kids, then I think that really goes a long way. I know you talk about that in your book, From From Me to We, but mm-hmm. you also talk about that in this book, The Impossible Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think... I think restoration and in, in, in trying to put your own marriage back together and focusing in on that. You said something in this book about that, that, you, you Monica, you asked mm-hmm. a, a counselor, what's the best thing you can do for your yes. child? Do you remember what that – you remember? I remember you said – The counselor said the best thing you can do is have a good marriage. To, to have a – to have uh, to be marriage-focused yeah. instead of – Instead of child-focused. Instead of being child-focused. Absolutely. Focused. And, Great and, advice. And it, it really is good yeah. advice. And uh, you know, I'm a I'm a pastor. I, again, I've been here at Shepherd Church for long, long time, and uh, literally have seen thousands, not hundreds, thousands of couples come and go. Thousands, tens of thousands, of couples. And it is so it is so obvious the couples that are there with their Bibles, bringing their kids, whether they bring them into the service or drop them off to the youth, which we have the best. You know, trained people over there working with the children. It's night and day difference between couples who are making the effort to, as you say, carry their Bible, have a devotion with the family, pray before you eat your dinner, talk about what God, what you know, what's going on in your life spiritually, and, and from parents who are not doing those things, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just want to encourage everyone who's listening to, you know, it's not too late. It's it's never too late. Mm-hmm. Get get up. Uh, today's Thursday. Uh, we have church on Saturday nights. Uh, most churches are Sunday morning. We have Saturday and Sunday. You've got you've got forty eight hours, seventy two hours. Get it on your schedule. In, instead of doing whatever you're doing, get up. Get your family together, and I. I, I I can do this. I know it's, it's one, maybe one thing that's still politically correct. It's okay or not okay. But as a man, I tell the men if you're if you're if you're more concerned about what's going on in the NFL this weekend than what's going on in the lives of your kids, it's no wonder your kids are are messed up. Get your family together. Start this weekend. I have to say this, uh, Lucille. It, it's a it's a privilege to talk to you today. I know you. I know your husband, Mike. You're you're the salt of the earth people did anyone ever tell you you look like that politician lady yeah you <laughs> oh, well, yeah you <laughs> sarah palin oh yeah i feel like i'm talking to sarah palin here all in all no, that's a joke but uh you know to see uh, to see your children here serving the lord there's no greater joy and then Correct. to know that the grandchildren are there and uh, I, I was listening once i think it was james dobson i know i'm, I'm talking here but i just want you to remember this but that when God dreamed up the home and he created man and he created woman and they were going to bear bear the impossible kid, Monica, 
and then one day Monica would have children of her own. Your two children's names are? Uh, Jake and Allison. Jake and Allison, that in the, in the mind of God, that Jake and Allison would have six godly adults pouring into their life. You and Kyle, Monica's husband, your grandparents on both sides. So Mike and Lucille, Kyle's mom and dad. So these two young kids are growing up in a very secular culture with six godly adults pouring into their life. Your two kids have a chance, Monica. Yes. But most kids growing up in this world, the kids in the foster care program, just the normal kids in the school, there's zero parents, maybe one parent, very unlikely that the grandparents are all still together and all six are pouring in. It's no wonder our kids have lost their way because it's not the six godly adults pouring into its life. It's the culture. It's the stuff on the Internet. It's these public schools and the things that they're teaching. It's the peer pressure. It's Hollywood. It's the media that just draining the life out of these kids and the dysfunctionality in our culture today of these young people it's it's overwhelming and uh, so my prayer my prayer is that for any adult who's listening today is that you would pick up first of all a bible and read the scriptures i've got a list of here of all kinds of scriptures uh i i wish i had time to read through them pick up a bible pick up this book the impossible kid uh, by Lucy Williams. You can find her at Lou Says, L-U, Lou, sweet Lou, LouSays.com. Get her book on From Me to We, the book on intimacy, if you can. Uh, uh, there's, there's humor in there. Pick up this book, The Impossible Kid. And here's what I always say, and I, I, I kind of want to leave people with this thought. I'm, I'm a third-generation pastor. I had those godly gr- grandparents in my life. My grandfather was a pastor of a great church. My dad was a pastor of a great church. My dad had two brothers. They're both pastors. They, though my uncles poured into me. My wife's uh, father is a pastor. My wife's brother is a pastor. My two brothers are pastors. One pastors in Fresno. One is a prison chaplain in in the state of Arizona. Both of my sisters married pastors. I have three children. They're all three serving the Lord. They're fourth generation. And whenever I tell that story, there are people who always say, well, that's you. You're just lucky. You're lucky your dad was a Christian. Your mom was a Christian. Your grandma was a Christian. You're, you're lucky. You're kind of living on their coattails. Well, maybe I'm not, I, don't, I don't believe in luck. I believe I'm blessed. But I always say to someone who says, well, I don't have godly parents. My, my, my dad's a heathen. My mom's a bank robber. My grandparents were villains and criminals and crooks and I, and I always say you be the first you you become the first generation you do what's right so that in 30 years from now 60 years from now one generation after another can look back and say my dad was a grand a Christian my grandpa you be the first don't let your past excuse you from doing what's right this coming weekend Get yourself in church. Get your family together. Get this book, The Impossible Kid. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford uh, filling in on the SoCal Live. I'll see you here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. God bless each and every one of you. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.